Welcome to Patient Stories. My name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and these are episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Nature and nurture work in mysterious ways. Mr. D was a 73-year-old gentleman when I met him in my oncology clinic. He was strikingly dressed in a gray suit with a fashionable tie, contrasting vest, saddle shoes, and a prominent bowler hat, which he tipped to my nurse as she initially met him in the waiting room and then brought him back into the clinic. Interestingly, he was from Mississippi, but his accent clearly put him originally from across the pond, probably eastern London. He had a gold pocket watch, which I noticed he was checking as I walked into the room to see him. I have to say my initial impression was that he was both iconoclastic and almost from another time, and I had no idea why he had come to see me, since he was self-referred. After introducing myself, I asked Mr. D what had brought him to my clinic. Mr. D noted that he was indeed from the southern part of the UK and had been born and bred there, the youngest of four. But having worked in the aviation industry, he had traveled extensively around the world as he had moved up the management chain, finally landing in Mississippi about 15 years ago, where he and his girlfriend had decided to stay. His father had been a lord and worked at one of the Scottish banks and had sent his children to the finest of schools, including Eton, where Mr. D had attended. As opposed to his siblings, who had stayed within either the UK or continental EU, Mr. D had spent the majority of his life outside of Europe. All of this was explained to me in fairly excruciating detail. I uh, once again asked Mr. D why he had come to my clinic. Doctor, my family seems to have a problem, said Mr. D. Within the past eight years, all of my brothers and sisters have suffered from brain tumors. My two brothers, diagnosed at ages 62 and 72, my sister at 68. All have succumbed, I'm the only one left. He paused and I knew what was coming next. I assume that I will be the next one in the family. That's what I came to speak to you about. This totally made sense. Given Mr. D's age, it was natural to assume, given his family history, that he would also be developing a brain tumor. I asked about Mr. D's parents, but surprisingly, there was no history of cancer in either one of them, or for that matter, the family back a number of generations. When queried further, it seemed that Mr. D had already been evaluated for the major genetic syndromes at his local university in Mississippi, which, by report, were negative. Why did you come to see me then? I asked, somewhat perplexed. Apparently, Mr. D's son-in-law had seen me on a local news program after the diagnosis of a brain tumor of a prominent politician within the state. And given the fact that I was both a neuro-oncologist and a geneticist, he felt that I could give him the best advice. I've lived a good life, he said crisply. It's my two children that I'm thinking about. Will they be having to deal with brain tumors after I do? Again, it's a perplexing and challenging situation for patients. They see loved ones getting diseases, and they can't help but think they will somehow suffer next. When all siblings have brain tumors, it's a pretty reasonable conclusion that Mr. D had. However, certainly, it's not always that way. Caveating my next set of comments, based on not having seen his previous lab tests, I noted that both nature and nurture played a role in the development of virtually every disease. Genetic determinism was something that was very, very rare given that most diseases are multifactorial, both with respect to the genes involved, as well as how a person interplays with their local environment. If Mr. D actually did have all the standard testing done, and that he also had informed his children of said results, 
there wasn't a lot more that could be done, even with respect to monitoring by brain scanning. I did suggest that he forward me the records of his previous evaluations just so I could check them to ensure that they were complete, which I noted I thought they would be. However, we could always monitor the patient regularly, particularly if new syndromes were identified and to which Mr. D could be tested locally. Mr. D looked somewhat relieved and noted that he would be glad there would be a plan that could be put in place and executed upon. Then he said something quite memorable. None of my nieces and nephews have tumors. They're all healthy, but I still told my daughter not to have children, too risky. She didn't listen. After a brief moment, he beamed, but what adorable twins she has, he exclaimed. I'm glad she didn't listen. I smiled and then told Mr. D that I'd look forward to getting his results and doing follow-up remotely to which he acknowledged. As we said our goodbyes, he tipped his hat to me saying, until we meet again, doctor. I never did see Mr. D again, although he did send me copies of his reports, which were unremarkable, and his local doctor let me know of how he was doing. As far as I know, he never did develop a brain tumor, but he did seemingly develop what seemed to be an interest in baseball, where he sent me a picture of he and his twin granddaughters at a game, all in jerseys and jeans, the girls in Detroit Tiger hats, and he, in contrast, with his bowler hat. No doubt, a fitting accoutrement. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.